Hello and welcome to Gravitas Wins Conversations. I'm your host Joseph Jude. If India has to grow, we need lot of startups and entrepreneurs. Not all of the startups will be privileged to bootstrap their ideas. That's where angel investors come in. Today I have my friend and an angel investor Manish Verma as a guest. He has been a banker, an operator of a business, and an investor now. He knows all angles of running a business. We are going to discuss how to get funded, how angel investors think, and what happens after getting funded. Before we get into the interview, can I request you to subscribe to the podcast, write a review, and share the podcast with your fellow business leaders? Hello, Manish. Welcome to the conversation. Hi Joseph good morning and thank you so much for hosting me on this podcast i've been hearing so much about your podcast i was just looking forward to it so thank thank you so much manish what is the trigger point to become a angel investor for you okay joseph uh, i i know i mean a lot of people have been asking me about this question so there's a small story behind this if you allow me to take 2 minutes just to give you a context i come from a corporate background you know i spent about 20 odd years in the corporate world i spent 8 years in auto industry work with the japanese at weta corporate office in bangalore moved back to delhi joined general motors spent about 2 or 2 and a half 3 years switched to banking worked there for 12 years have managed handled pretty senior profiles So there was some family emergency because of which I had to you no know, quit my corporate profile, take a shift, move back to Chandigarh because of family reasons. So while I was shifting from being a hardcore retail banker and moving on to the world of the startup ecosystem, the world of entrepreneurship, because these are two uh, separate uh, ball games, which I realized much at a at a much later date, at a later stage. Uh, see, I was starting my journey as a startup founder. I had some spare money which I don't you know in cash using my uh, ESOPs. I thought while I'm starting my journey as a startup founder, it's very important for me to get a taste of the real startup ecosystem as to because tomorrow if I'm going to expect people to invest in my startup, I should actually know what is angel investing all about. So I used this little bit, little bit of spare money which I had thanks to my ESOPs uh, liquidation. I put uh, small chunks of money in couple of startups which unfortunately all bombed. <laughs> but it was a good good learning experience i mean no no regrets yes i lost a little bit of my money but thankfully i lost at a very early stage mm. gave me a lot of wisdom gave me a lot of uh, sense as to what is this angel investing world all about so uh, number one number two i got introduced to the world of angel investing courtesy of my a very close friend of mine saurabh who is now my business co-founder as well you know he has been a big time angel investor for last uh, decade i think i guess more more than that So uh, he he got me introduced to the world of angel investing. I think all credit credit thanks to him. I think no no looking back after that. Been doing a couple of angel investments uh, since then, and I think been a good journey so far. Very good, very good to hear that. And there is there is no better learning than doing it to yourself. Yes. Especially, especially when you burn your money. Yes, yes, yes. I mean the kind the, I mean the kind of wisdom, the kind of learning which you get. after burning your own hard earned cash i know it 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 hurts here but, <laughs> but it it hurt it hurts here and this is where you you know you get the wisdom it so. hurts it hurts here but then the lessons are also seared here yes 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 <laughs> totally 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 
Okay. So that is how my that is how my journey of uh, angel investment uh, started. So it both started simultaneously. My first journey as a startup co-founder and as an angel investor. So both started uh, simultaneously. Okay. So let's yeah. talk about your angel investing journey and what you focus on. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have an overall investment philosophy and the core principles that drive your investments? So Joseph, I think interesting question. Before I answer your question, and I think I think you'll allow me a couple of minutes to give you a brief background about what we do. So my latest venture is a company called Angel Blue Holdings Private Limited. This is a full stack angel network. In the sense, we so there are multiple components to uh, our business model. So one is we do fundraising for startups right from early stage, but post revenue till about pre pre series or series A. Beyond which, you know, we tie up with the respective VC firms and help the startups to get funded. So that is one piece of our uh, business model. The second piece is we do strategic consulting in terms of business models, processes, revenue models, operations, sales structures, B2B, B2C, offline, online. You know, so we provide a sense of direction to the startups because this is the experience which I along with other co-founders have. I think we collectively bring a lot of value to the table. Number two. Number three, we offer a basket of support services in terms of company incorporation, legal, taxation, manpower, branding, PR. You want help in terms of get, uh, getting your website made or mobile app. If there's a D2C startup who, which wants its products to be uh, uh, listed on a marketplace like Flipkart or Amazon, you know, so we get that done. You want help in terms of brand investors. We've got respective ecosystem partners. You want our influencer, marketer, we get that. So in other words, we are like a one-stop shop, right? From fundraising to strategic consulting and to offering a basketball support services. So this was as far as what we as a company do. Okay. Now coming back to your question in terms of our philosophy and our thesis for investment, mm-hmm. we are not one of those typical hardcore aggressive angel networks. No, we're not that. We are just a six-month-old baby. We're still trying to you know, find our way in this sort of cluttered ecosystem, which is still not very, very organized. We would say we are, we are very, very conservative. We don't play the valuation game. Yes, valuation is part of this ecosystem, but we, don't, we try and uh, follow a very conservative approach. We look at startups which have uh, some sort of sense towards profitability, who've got a solid business model. There has to be a path towards profitability. In terms of the segments, we are industry agnostic. We are geography and agnostic. We look at uh, the sectors which are in the priority list for us is we, our first priority is tech. When I say tech, tech means uh, fintech, biotech, climate tech. Yes, concepts like EV and solar are coming up in a big way. Food, food tech is coming up in a big way. We look at sectors which have a lot of focus on AI, ML machine language, machine learning, sorry, IoT, data analytics. You know, these make a lot, lot of sense. Uh, Another very interesting observation which we've had the last few months is now thanks to cheaper data and faster internet, content creation and generation is coming up in a big way. So when you say content generation, it, it can mean in terms of visual, uh, visual text, audio, video, and content generation creation is coming up in a big way. So this is uh, one of the core focus areas for us. So we try and help these companies in terms of strategy as well as in terms of fundraising. So this is broadly how we, you know, we look at companies from a uh, investment point of view. Okay, thank you, thank you, Manish. This is a very comprehensive answer. I want to dive into two. I, I want to kind of branch out into two aspects of it. One, 
the angel investing how can yeah. somebody partner with you for the angel investing that's one part another one is from a starter point of view how can they get funded what happens and so on and so forth okay now okay. Uh, let let's talk about from a starter point of view you already said you are industry agnostic and geography agnostic how does this work i mean how can they interact with you you said they have to be revenue making it is not at a concept stage but it is a, at, at some point in time they have a good business model how can they yeah. contact you how does this process look like say for example walk us through I, i say for example i am a founder i have a revenue making startup i have it how do i approach you what do you require how do i get funded from you sure fine i think makes sense so typically what we do is we are not a fund ourselves we are more like a syndicate so when we invest in startups we invest from our own balance sheet plus we make we make investments through our angel investors so in the last 6 odd months that ever since we started we've been able to onboard roughly about 70 75 odd angel investors at a pan india level we've got some investors from dubai uk and us as well gradually we are you know going aggressive in terms of each in terms of angel investors at a all india level number 1 okay so typically if you are a startup founder you want to get funded so what we do is we try and make ourselves visible as much as possible in the startup centric events you know on we are there on social media linkedin be very 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 active through word of mouth through the through our presence in such local events and social media and we've got a tie up with multiple networks across india let's say for example in chandigarh we have a strong rapport relationship with chandigarh in can chandigarh indian network similarly we have a, a partnerships with fard and pedal start and couple of others in delhi uh, we are in talks with couple of networks in bangalore chennai and mumbai so one is you onboard investors number one number two if you're not able to onboard investors so aggressively idea is to be in touch and make yourself feel visible courtesy other other networks so so that way we've been able to create a strong structure and uh, visibility visibility platform for us so tomorrow if you want to get uh, funded okay you try and reach us so even today on an average we still getting about 3 to 4 startup pitches every single day i mean anyway between 85 to 100 in- pitches we getting every single month I mean, although we've just been in the system for the last 6 odd months so we have our own evaluation criteria basis which we decide to go ahead or not with respective startup typically we use a framework called persistent you know i picked up this persistent framework from a book called funding your startup by professor dhruvnath and sushanto mitra i think i have been thanking professor dhruv i have met him couple of times he is based of delhi i have been thanking him so much now thanks to him at least my fundamentals regarding angel investment and selection of startups has has been cleared you know so typically what we do is we apply this persistent framework to every startup that we come across so i mean i'll just take 2 minutes to explain what this persistent framework is you know so it's a framework using which we decide to whether whether to go ahead or not persistent i mean if you talk about p we we say what is the problem being solved and what is the solution e is an earnings model by solving a particular problem and the solution how are we going to make money okay that's a earning model so whether it's a subscription model whether it's a lump sum whether it's a you know okay so there are various earning models r is a risk in what by solving a problem and offering a solution and while making money is there any risk in what risk can be in terms of technology or legal or political or socio economic okay so what are those risks involved per s s is what is the size of the market is the market size no matter how brilliant your idea is but if the if the market is very small 
you know then we look at concepts like tam sam som you know so uh, the lot of investor the lot of lot of startup founders they come up with you know a uh, tam of at a global level million it doesn't it doesn't matter what we really want to see is what is your starting point which is your som your serviceable obtainable obtainable market okay on immediate basis next 6 months to 1 year what is what is the market which you're trying to tap and how are you going to do it so p e r s i is what innovation are you looking at what is the uniqueness what is the newness that you bring into the table p e r s i again s s is scalability if your model is not scalable that's a strict no no we immediately take a back step no matter no matter how brilliant the founding team is no matter how brilliant the idea is but if the model is not scalable man i mean it's not worth touching the model touching the idea so p e r s i s t t is one of the most important aspects which is a team okay in terms of the credentials in terms of the work experience typically we look at about two to three co-founders these co-founders should be coming with a complementary skill set maybe for example one from a marketing marketing background one finance one operations maybe one from software because let's let's say for example if there is a startup which has three co-founders and all three are from marketing guys who's going to manufacture the product who's going to look at the production who's going to manage the, manage the finance suite who's going to manage the operations so typically so all those all those if there are three to four co-founders ideally we prefer all these co-founders to have complementary skill set so that it, you know it's like one and one eleven right so p e r s i s t e is entry barrier what is that moat what is the entry barrier you will be able to create around your product n is niche you know tomorrow you may be tomorrow you may be planning to you know add 10 to 20 different product categories let's say for example the way uh, flipkart and amazon started in india today there is not a single product which is not available on flipkart or amazon but both of them if you remember they started with a niche called books, books. they yes i i am sure you remember so, so they picked up a category called books they mastered themselves they ensured an efficient seamless supply chain system across the country once they had mastered the concept of books they moved to the next category which was dvds mm. you know from books to dvds to category cd so that is so you start up with a niche so i mean so what we want to see is what is that niche they're trying to capture and they look at and the last t is traction so as i said we don't look at pre revenue businesses we look at businesses which are post revenue okay maybe 6 months to 1 year so depending upon the industry depending upon the you know the product and the solution what kind of revenue is it maybe not to say that we want in millions or crores but last 6 odd months how is the traction what kind of products what kind of customer base what kind of categories what kind of geographies have been able to tap and how is the what is the growth rate because if the growth rate if the growth curve is flat there is a red flag you know so we have this different metrics this is which we take a subjective call and you know decide whether to go ahead or not okay lovely so that's this so this is the framework which we typically you know try and follow i think we should have a separate podcast episode only on that particular framework <laughs> <laughs> we can we can go deeper into each aspect of that you know i what what i what i suggest i think i'll i'll get along with professor dhruvnath also that he'll do a much better job he'll do a far better more more justice to the concepts since he's the brain child behind this true concept. true 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 okay yeah. so i'm i'm going to take only one aspect of it as i said yeah. we cannot go deeper into each one of this aspect let's talk about the valuation so you are saying it's pre uh, sorry post revenue and about 6 yeah. months one year and so on and so forth at that particular point in time how do you value the company or or valuation is not the important point and then you are looking at all the other aspects only 
see as i said see one is whether we want to decide to whether to go ahead or not we use a persistent framework yeah, okay that's that's a strict yes or no okay. we have the checklist this is the basis which we do we take a subjective call whether it's a yes or no if at all it's a yes to move it then we move to the next level uh, uh we assess the different uh, different parameters we look at the business model we do look at the revenue model if there is a sense if there is a path towards profitability we understand this is not a conventional business enterprise where there's a strong focus on cash flow and self sustenance right right from day one because this is not the startup uh, this is not what the startup industry is all about you know but there has to be some path towards profitability if not today at least 2 years 3 year, years on the line we look at the founders ability to convince us how are they going to achieve the numbers what are the financial projections year 1 year 2 year 3 okay we don't go beyond year 3 in fact uh, even if they are able to convince in terms of first two years with broad calculations what are the price range what are the gross margins what are the net margins uh, what kind of cash burn are they looking at some broad metrics some broad numbers i think we still i think we still we still home then we look at a uh, concept like valuation as as, as you uh, asked me see valuation there is no defined way of valuing a company because unlike a conventional is business where you have concepts like dcf the discounted cash flow method you know that i don't think that can be applied here because tomorrow what is going to happen it's very volatile you know i would have heard this term called vuca yeah right tile uncertain complex and ambiguous yeah you know where there are two things which actually determine the success of a startup the speed and scale mm-hmm. when you when you are running very fast on a on a highway you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow mm. so that's that is how typically a startup works so valuing a company using some concrete methodology i think that's in my sense it it doesn't it doesn't work out valuation is more of a negotiating tool it's more of uh, an mm. understanding there are different uh, metrics there are different parameters which get involved the tech centric startups they get valued higher normally we look at multiples of revenue there are some startup which look at multiples of ebitda if it's a if it's a ebitda positive uh, startup okay then it and if you very conservative then you look at a maybe 8x or a 10x multiple of ebitda if the company is still loss making okay but there is a clear path towards profitability then you look at the revenue you look at the annual revenues into 7 8 depending the tech centric companies they, they normally they we look at a multiple of 8 to 10x mm-hmm. non tech if you look at fashion you look at food typically 4 to 6x maybe transportation logistics again 4 5x so it it's so ultimately what i'm trying to say is valuation is more of a negotiating tool you are a startup founder you would claim a 10 million valuation we are investor we would we would say we want 5 5 ultimately you end up you dis, you negotiate and you arrive at a simple figure because valuation is not the most important thing what is actually more important is the business model and the financials mm. you know so those things are more important lovely uh- Thank you. Thanks for for clarifying that, uh, Manish. Yeah. While while we are all still on that uh, startup side of it, yeah. Are there are there any investments that you can talk about? You don't have to name the company, but is there any investments that you are very happy that it has come in well, and then anything that you can talk about? I know you are only six months old, but still. No, having said that, we yes, we have made a couple of investments. As I said earlier, we're not a fund ourselves. Hmm. You know, we don't have a funding license from uh, uh, SEBI. so we're not a fund ourselves we more of uh, an aggregator we more of uh, a syndicate so we invest out of our own balance sheet which is very minimal okay mainly we invest through our angel investors and other other angel other angel net- net- networks 
Okay, there's one investment which I think we can probably talk about, which we which we just made is which we made last month. There's a company called Fig Facts. Okay, it's a FNP, food and beverages centric accelerator. Okay, now the reason why we chose this particular start company was one, food and beverages is a non-cyclical business. It is an ever-growing industry. Thanks to, I think, globalization and the Indians getting, I mean, they, they're getting a taste of the global world. The international best practices are coming to India. The industry, this FNP industry, which was erstwhile very, very unorganized. There is no sense behind it. Okay. Which is slightly getting organized. Okay. There are a lot of players jumping under the bandwagon. Okay. It is slightly, I will not say it's a red ocean, but it's a mix. It's a, okay. But there's a lot of scope. Because mm-hmm. it, it is directly proportional to the per capita GDP growth of the country, directly proportional to the disposable income of, of household. households. Yes, it is directly proportional to the awareness and your your taste buds. You know? So ultimately, this industry is bound to grow. FNB, this fig facts is not one single startup. It's an aggregator. It's an accelerator, which further helps food and beverage centric startups to grow. So in that way, our risk is mitigated. Mm. We're not invested in one particular startup. We invested in a network, which this network itself has about a couple of startups. Even if, so even if one startup goes down, you know, there are others to balance it out. Okay. Why we invested is because the founding team, there are four people, very, very strong credentials. Okay. All four from different backgrounds. One is a hardcore business person, very aggressive, very knowledgeable and very hardcore. He's got a very clear business sense. Other is a hardcore finance guy. Third is a hardcore technology person and fourth is a hardcore operation person. Mm. So the founding team is very strong. The concept is good. The industry is growing. So we took a call. Fantastic. All the best to you and to the team, to that particular yeah, team thanks. as well, Manish. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Again, I know it's a, it's a early stage. But how yeah. do you think about exit? At what point would you hit exit? What's your strategy for exit? See, as of now, to be very honest, we've just started playing the game. You know, we're still learning the ropes. Every day is a new learning. I think every few hours we learn something <laughs> new. You know, it's, it's not it's not a it's not a weekly or a, a <laughs> monthly thing. It's every day, every every few hours, there's something new which comes up our way. It, it, it comes, it hits us. We you know we stand up, we fall down, we stand up, we, we bounce back. So I think it's a we're still learning the ropes. Thankfully, my business partner, my co-founder, he's an old hand in the startup ecosystem. He's been in, investing himself and through his own angel network. You know, he's an equal co-founder with me. So thankfully, I have his support and advice. You know, that's 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 helping us. I think it's too early for us to look at exits also. I think we just we are just going going with the flow. But broadly, as I said earlier, this is a this is a uh, high risk and high return game. If you want to if you have you need to, one needs to have patience to get this desired high returns. And high returns is a again, I mean it's a matter, it's a function of, of patience. When I say patience, nothing less than five years. Mm-hmm. I mean if you're the investment in startups is totally non-liquid. It's not like a typical stock market. You log in, you, I mean, I've got an equity trading account with Cortex Securities. You log in, you check, I mean, if the market is going up, you, you know, you redeem your shares and you make some quick buck. Startup industry is not that. Uh, long ascension period, high returns, but the possibility of losing your money is also very, very high. So typically anything between five to seven years minimum is what we're looking at, you know. So that that is 
that is what we you know share with our angel investors also when we onboard them on our platform okay so i think this is a good segue into the other side of the business which is the angel investors exactly. say for example i want to i have certain money i'm interested in investing but i don't want to do it yeah. myself yeah. i want like the persons like you who already in the business doing yeah. and applying the frameworks have a lot of co- contacts and network and everything so if i want to partner with you in investing how should i approach it how should i go about doing it uh, or is that even possible i mean is that is that even in the cards no that's that's totally doable i mean that's that, that's totally doable and manageable i mean there is no hard there's no rocket science behind that one is uh, efforts put in by uh, put in from our side as to make ourselves visible in terms of our own personal branding my my branding my co-founder saurav's branding we make sure that we are visible in as many startup centric events across the geography we operate in because i balance my time between chandigarh and gurgaon i mean i spend about 15 odd days in chandigarh and 15 odd days in the, uh, gurgaon so wherever we you know uh, come across an events we make it a point to be part of those events so that at least gradually through word of mouth through visibility people know that okay this so and so company angel blue is there i mean if you want to invest you can be a part of that uh, network and gradually the responsibility of getting a good quality startup deal is us as i said earlier we still get we even after 6 months of being in operation we still get about 80 to 100 startups uh, startup deals every month out of which we filter and i think last few months i think we would have we would have shared hardly about 10 or 15 deals within our angel network so coming back to point responsibility of getting the deals is with us once we get the deals okay so then we conduct physical events and virtual pitching pitching sessions on average every saturday or maybe once in two saturdays we block one or two hours for our angel investors we share with them in advance that let's say for example this saturday this saturday 4 o'clock we have a virtual pitching session there's a very interesting startup which is um, the founder is a chennai based iitn okay he is working on a brilliant concept okay we've been in touch with him for the last four odd months but his valuation is very very high now he is willing to you know relook at the valuation the concept is very good he's built up some traction so we now be trying to aggressively you know so uh, we have this physical pitching sessions we have this virtual pitching sessions we share it with we share the pitch decks with our angel investors in advance somebody is interested they can go to the pitch deck if they say yes they most welcome to join the pitching call and after that after the call i mean they'll be do the routine follow up and we try and close the investment round in the maybe next 3 uh, to 4 weeks okay so typically what that is what our framework is like you know we don't take too much of time we try and close it between 2 to 3 weeks and if there is a vc involved as a lead investor okay then obviously it takes time but if there is an ongoing grow a deal okay if there's a bridge round i mean then i think maybe 2 3 or max max 4 weeks we try and close it okay thanks uh, manish you you have been a banker operator and now an investor what do you see as the biggest challenges or obstacles for startups in india we, we there's a quite a lot of literature about the challenges and everything for the western startups the uh, especially those are operating in the us or uh, north america within indian especially the trends that you talked about food agri all of these things are pretty new so what are the obstacles that you see or the challenges that you see for these startups number one i think the biggest challenge which we have come across as an angel investor last 6 odd years ever since i've been investing number one as a angel network last 6 odd months i think the biggest challenge which we as angel investors see is most startups i will not say most a lot of startups we come across there there is a uh, very heavy focus on funding mm 
for them this this the myth is once you get funded your life's made now that is a myth which we actually want to break it's not that we are trying to break and we're not doing anything new a lot of other networks are also trying to bring but the lot of startup founders and a lot of uh, startups they have this myth that once you get funded your life's made your the life actually starts when you get funded because till then it's a bootstrap you are the boss the remote control is in your hands you can take your calls you want to work for 2 2 2 hours in a day or you want to work for 14 hours in a day it is your baby you know but once you have an investor on board that is when the real action starts because your accountability starts there okay so we want to break the myth that funding is not the end of the game mm. funding is when the game starts number 1 number 2 there are a couple of i mean not not couple a lot of startups we come across where there is too much focus on valuation Mm. they want to play the valuation game the focus whereas focus should ideally be on creating a very strong business model a strong revenue model which over a period of time should be self sustainable your it should be cash flow positive it should be a self sustainable model rather than going in for a ventilator approach mm. you know so i have a very interesting uh, term called ventilator approach for example i'm in an icu Okay, I mean, I have, I am breathing thanks to a ventilator which is which is put on my nose. Moment you take out the ventilator, I am over. Similarly, there are a lot of start, there are a lot of startups today, even unicorns. I mean, I don't want to name them, and the whole world knows them. There are a lot of supposedly good startups which are supposedly doing well. They're on a ventilator. Mm. You remove the ventilator, you remove the artificial, the external funding, and there you are. You know, so. Ideally, we want to break this myth that valuation is not the game which is going to be played. Last one, I think one, one, one or two years, I think whatever, whichever events which I have attended, and I think attended Taikon Chandigarh, attended Taikon uh, Delhi. We've had our events in Bangalore and a couple of other geographies. The good part is most VC firms, a lot of other high-profile investors, everybody is talking about profitability, cash flow mm. positive, self-sustainability. Those things are getting popular now. You know, so coming back to point, I think the strong focus on valuation has to be brought down. The focus has to be more towards making a self-sustainable, strong business model. Number three, I think focus on having a very high cash burn-centric business to get growth. growth at the cost of very high cash burn which is again very risky mm. you know ultimately you want to show a very high fast growth to investors at the cost of what you know there are companies there are unicorn which is spending on average imagine you have a startup which is spending 12 rupees to earn 1 rupee mm, mm, mm. It's, it's a unicorn it's a unicorn right it's it's doing a, a, a obscene amount of growth but is it going to make profit tomorrow it's a it's a big question you know so focusing too much on cash burn to achieve the required amount of growth i think that's that's a risky model most important part i think which has come into prominence of late last few months or maybe year or now is governance and compliance we've had so many issues i think governance and compliance in fact today today in the economic time there's a in the editorial page there's a big article on governance and compliance a lot of these vcs are focusing on governance and compliance while evaluating a startup while looking at the long term uh, strategy and growth path governance and compliance is become very very important so i think these are broadly some cha- challenges both at a founder level as well as and at a startup level at the founder level i think there are a lot of challenges because a lot of times 
tomorrow i want to start a startup i got a friend come come buddy let's start a startup there has to be line between friendship and a professional so there is like you have a product market fit there is a concept called founder market fit that founder market fit is very very important thank so you i think that is yeah so that is where i think a lot of people uh, miss out yeah what i'm hearing from you and what i'm sensing manish is that at one point in time there was a explosive growth of startups when you are talking about and at that particular point in time it was all at any any rate let's get customers and let's get money but now it is as you, as you are saying profitability self sustainment and uh, compliance governance when you are talking about it what i'm yeah. getting is maturity is coming into startup world ecosystem exactly and that's a True. good thing that's a good thing that's a very good thing yeah <laughs> right better late than never <laughs> absolutely so i that is only a positive thing that i see when there is a profitability when there's a focus on the profitability both from the uh, the vc side as well as from the founder side i think india is only going to shine ever brighter <laughs> yeah Agreed. i think that's absolutely uh, agree i think that's a good point to end manish thank you so much for taking the time but before i let you go i asked three rapid fire questions to all my guests sure and, and i'm going to give them to you as well the first one sure what is the kindest thing anyone has done for you kindest thing even anybody has done for me understood what understood the kind of person i am lovely answer because for me understanding other person is very very important this is a rapid fire question so so i'll i'll stop with this i think you also exhibit that i i i've been interacting with you for quite some time i think you yeah. also exhibit that particular empathy to understand the other person so yeah. very yeah. very well uh second manish this podcast is about leadership in that sense can you please share what you think as the best leadership quality and who has exhibited in your life i think again it become it, again it, i think it's a combination of empathy understanding your team and leading from the front because you you cannot sit in a conditioned office and giving and start giving instructions to your team as they go and do this you need to I mean, i'll take i'll take an, an analogy of cricket look at look at the way rohit sharma is performing he's demonstrated the kind of leadership qualities he has he's mm. leading from the front mm. i think he's an excellent role model for leadership wonderful for for me i think one of my very initial bosses mr sandeep singh i would love, i would love to quote him who was at one point of time was a deputy md of toyota motors india and now who's a md of tata hitachi i think i have learned a lot from him in terms of leadership no. okay so. what is the finally what is your definition of living a good life good life in terms of staying healthy staying healthy in terms of physical health financial health mental health spiritual health i think health is overall i mean only financial only physical only mental will not help so it's a combination of physical mental financial and uh, spiritual very comprehensive answer as as all the answers have been manish <laughs> thank, thank you sir thank you so much uh, uh, thank you so much uh, manish for taking the time i know you yourself said like there's a lot of pictures that are coming in but you still found time for me thank you so much manish thank you sir it was wonderful being a part of your uh, podcast show thank you so much okay i hope you enjoyed our conversation Can I request you to share the key takeaways on social media? Thank you. Have a life of wins.